Welcome to the Off The Crutch Podcast, your home for disability-related topics from a disabled perspective. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off The Crutch. Today in my podcast, my guest is Kayla Shear. Kayla and I were in the same TEDx cohort, and she gave a fabulous talk about on-demand learning in the 21st century classroom. But that is not why I brought her on today. Last year, she became a mother of a child with Down syndrome. And since this is also Developmental Disability Awareness Month, I asked Kayla if she could share her story to my listeners. But before I get into the interview, I want to give a shout out to the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. The CP Foundation provides real-world impact to individuals living with cerebral palsy by collaborating with networks, influential researchers, thinkers, and organizations around the world to drive significant change. They do a wonderful job promoting CP awareness through all their social media channels. I will provide a link to the CPF as well as Kayla's TEDx talk. Now, on to the interview. Okay, so today on the podcast, I have a very good friend, Kayla Shear, who I actually met when I was giving my TEDx talk. She was part of our cohort many years ago, and I got to know her, and her wonderful TEDx talk is so amazing. So I'm so happy to have Kayla today. How are you doing, Kayla? Great. Thanks, Travis. Awesome. Awesome. So I remember the first time that you and I met in our sort of TEDx bubble cohort, and I was just so taken away about your composure and the content of which your TEDx talk was that I just, I really enjoyed it. And I think that you are just really great communicator and teacher. So I'm so happy to have you on today. Thanks. You're so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason that I thought it would be great to have you on is you recently had a daughter and names Aria and she has Down syndrome. So I thought it would be great for any listener out there who might be a new mother with a child with a disability to kind of just hear your story and how Aria's impacted your life in such a short amount of time. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you found out that Aria has Down syndrome? Sure. Yeah. So um, Aria is our second baby and we were so excited to welcome her into the world. Uh, I have a three-year-old and she would hug my belly every day. She was so excited for her baby sister. And uh, toward the end of my pregnancy, I had some complications. So I was going into the doctor for extra ultrasounds every other day. And uh, I hit 37 weeks and they said, well, we got to get her out. Okay. So, you know, I was healthy. Her heart was healthy. We were all good about it. We went in, you know, went through labor, had the baby. And um, it was about 10 minutes post giving labor. uh, And the pediatrician came over and said, your baby is healthy. She's beautiful. But we need to run some more tests. We're like, "Hmm, okay, sure. What's going on? He says, well, I believe that she has trust me 21. Well, after labor, I <laughs> I said, could you speak English to me? What are you saying? <laughs> he says, well, we believe that she has Down syndrome. And man, that hit my husband and I like bricks. Like we, I don't, 
I don't remember much of what happened afterward. Um, you know, we asked why, why do you think this? And he said, well, her eyes uh, kind of have the almond shape and she's mm. got a little bit of extra on her neck, mm. but you know, she doesn't have heart murmurs or the palmer crease or anything else. So I'm not sure she could just be premature. So we started praying. We started praying that she didn't have down syndrome. And uh, so the next morning, you know, they did some blood work on her. Um, the pediatrician came in and said, this doesn't even look like the same baby that I saw last night. So we were hopeful. And about two weeks later, the results came in that she has Down syndrome. And I think at that point, we had a better understanding of it. Um, we felt awful for our initial feelings. Um, that feeling of like, oh, no, we have a daughter with a disability. What does this mean? Like the picture X of, you know, our two daughters playing together and getting dressed for prom together, you know, that that went out the window all of a sudden. I don't know why, but in my head, I had these thoughts that our girls wouldn't have this normal uh, childhood. And I spoke with many friends and, you know, I did some Bible studies and got on, did a ton of Google searches and, um, you know, just read that it's okay. It's okay to have those feelings. And it's also okay. Um, to have a child with a disability, it really doesn't mean anything. You know, any kid as a baby has certain things that they need. And so we just had to find out what that was for Aria. So when we found out two weeks later, we said, okay, we can do this. Let's get into some early intervention. Let's, you know, think about uh, a different future for us, um, which my oldest live loves because uh, Aria is almost one and, and, starting to crawl but not really you know she's a little behind in her gross motor and Liv loves it because she says I want to keep her a baby forever you know she just she fits into her our family and we're just adapting to that and I think the biggest takeaway is it's okay yeah that's so that's so wonderful to hear and I in my experience just talking with parents who have children with disabilities it's really great to speak with them because I'm able to share like, how it was for me growing up. And obviously it's sort of the other side of it, right? You, you know, I'm the person that my, you know, my mom birthed me. So, you know, her experience is different than mine, but probably more similar to yours because, you know, she probably had this idea of what um, I would turn out to be prior to being born. And, you know, when you have someone with a disability, that all goes out the window, like you said. So you mentioned um, the takeaway since Aria's birth, but what, uh, right away, when you found out since then, what did you seek for resources in regards to Down syndrome? Well, um, the nurses at, at the hospital were great. They gave us a ton of pamphlets. Um, so we got into some early intervention Um so uh, we, we go through inspirations and they help us on a weekly basis. Um, so Aria does PT and OT. Um, we just started speech with her and then they've suggested other um, therapies out there as well. Um, I did get onto the Rio Grande Down Syndrome Network, but COVID. So I haven't really um, 
I don't feel a part of that community uh, because I, I joined as a Facebook member. I haven't met anybody face to face. We didn't get to do the walk um, or anything like that. So um, unfortunately, I think it's a little tricky right now um, joining into any in-person community, but um, I also, I work at Shining Stars Preschool, uh, which serves a lot of kids with special needs. So um, there's quite a few people I've been able to talk to about Down syndrome uh, and teachers in general. So that's been really great. Um, and like I said, I scour Google constantly. Um, so that's kind of where I get my resources, but man, there's a ton out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even amazed at how little resources there are for adults with cerebral palsy, at least here in the state. But I know there are organizations out there trying to do more research. So I could imagine just the amount of resources out there for someone who's looking for stuff about Down syndrome. And I'm sure there's vast amount of resources that you can just kind of get bogged down. Do you ever get overwhelmed with what you read? Yeah, you definitely have to take breaks. Um, And also, you know, my story is so much different than somebody else's story. And that's the case, like I said, for any kid and, and any person with dis- with a disability. You know, we're we're so grateful that her health is good, but that's not the case for many with Down syndrome. And I I also I think that people are the best resource. Um, but for some reason, and I felt the same way until having Aria. You know, disabilities are taboo, and so if somebody looks different speaks different, acts different, you know, we just kind of turn our eyes. And I don't think that's right. Um, A friend of mine told me that she encourages her kids to always ask a question. Don't, you know, feel awkward or strange, but ask a question. So if you see somebody in a wheelchair, say, hi, you know, my name is blah, blah, blah. What's yours? Can I ask why you're in a wheelchair? And I think that a lot of people um, are willing to talk about their disability and, and that's where you make really great connections. So if I could reach out to somebody and I could say, hey, uh, I see your child has Down syndrome. Can we talk? That's that's a lasting friendship. And then you can talk about your different journeys and you can rely on each other. Um, I don't think that anybody should be quiet and doing it alone um, or that anybody should be afraid of a disability and not ask questions. That if we just all got more comfortable talking about it, um, we would get more comfortable being together and working together. I totally agree. And that's what I've tried to do even more after giving my TEDx talk. And I really hit home the just idea of not being afraid to ask questions. And you're right, it can be so taboo. And I try to do the best that I can. And I enjoy really speaking to elementary school students because they're the most curious population out there. And they just ask questions and they're just really want to know. And so I try to put myself out there as much as I can. You know, it really will help them as they get older. You mentioned your experience at Shining Stars, but I know you've had a long um, teaching career teaching Spanish, high school Spanish, mm-hmm. and you're very, very good at it. How do you think your experience as a teacher will impact how you teach Aria? Um, I'm grateful for my path as a teacher. Um, luckily being a Spanish teacher, it's all about that language acquisition. 
So, um, like I said, we just started her speech uh, therapy this past week. And I, I think that that's kind of given me an upper hand of understanding uh, language acquisition and also just, um, you know, learning in general, because uh, for many babies, things come instinctively and they just, you know, one day all of a sudden you notice them pulling up on something and uh, next day they're taking a step. And uh, with Aria, everything has to be taught and has to be taught many times. So, um, you know, at the dinner table, we uh, started signing to her and she doesn't sign back. And that's okay because there's uh, a time to listen to language. And then later comes the production. So we're hoping one day she'll show us a sign or speak. Um, we have every intention of raising her bilingual, just like our oldest. So we speak Spanish to her as much as English. Um, and I think I know that she will be capable of that. Uh, with any kid, there's just going to be that, that silent time, that receptive time. And then when they get it, um, they'll start producing. So I think uh, teaching has helped me with some patience uh, and maybe with some different um just like instructional tools, you know, not every kid learns the same. Um, Aria is very musical. And so whenever there's music to it, she's into it. And I think that I've just got a bigger toolbox for my kiddo because of teaching. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Was there anything you'd like the listeners to just know as someone who is brand new to this world of disability, Down syndrome, you know, what would you like them to know if they're struggling? Um, again, to know it's okay. I have to keep telling myself and, and my husband that, you know, the feelings that we had at the beginning and that some days we still have, I don't think that makes us a bad parent or that we love her less. We are so blessed to have Aria in our lives. She is an angel and teaches us this unconditional love every day and this unconditional happiness. And every kid is going to teach you something new. And every kid is given to you specifically. So, you know, God knew that I could handle a Down syndrome child and God knew that I needed to be her mom. And I have learned that it's okay to be scared and to ask questions and to reach out it's okay to have a cry fest and um, maybe, you know, mourn what you thought was going to be, but also look toward what can be now. So there's so many fun things that we would have never gotten involved in or gotten to do without Aria. Yes, we have done Special Olympics in the past, but it won't be anything like we're going to do in the future. And that's exciting to me. Just like learning a new language, I can have English and Spanish friends. Well, now I can have typical and atypical friends. So I, I guess just really embracing it and reaching out, um, knowing that it's okay to be afraid, but don't stay in that state of fear. Really look toward this new bright future that has been given to you. Well, that's great. That's really, really great words of encouragement and wisdom. And, you know, I've never, I haven't met your daughter yet, but I've seen pictures on Facebook and she could just not have have a better mom to, you know, take care of her. And so, you know, you're so wonderful. You're one of the nicest people I know. 
You're so articulate and just kind. And so um, it's just a pleasure to chat with you about your daughter. And I really thank you for your time, Kayla. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me.